Welcome back to another episode of the podcast We Are Working on Aves, a podcast that is designed to share more about technology, automation, uh, computational design, and all these new key factors that we can use in the industry of AEC. Today we have Anandi Bergman, a new guest uh, coming with us uh, to talk about automation. And uh, welcome, Anandi. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well, Samuel. Thank you for, for hosting uh, this podcast and uh, sharing with the world uh, what's happening regarding technology and automation. So for me, it's a, it's a great pleasure to be here. So thanks for inviting me. Yeah, well, th thank you for being here with us. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, automation and we're going to speak a little bit about Victor AI, which is a, a company where Ananda actually works at, at the time. Uh, you definitely have to go and check out what's going on with Victor or what's, what, what is the use that you can uh, create in this application, in this, in this new tool that we will discuss uh, along the episode. Uh, and before we start uh, going to the main subject, Anande, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, we are all leaders. Yeah, so... Maybe to start with, so what they do at, at, at Victor, I'm uh, the chief uh, growth officer um, at Victor. Uh, we're a team about uh, 50 people. Uh, and I have been on the team from the really beginning of, of uh, the creation of the company. So, yeah, since a kid, I, I always liked like technology and, and, and building stuff. That was like the... the fun part of, of stuff, you know, I like technical Lego, I like building stuff with woods, I like doing like experiments. And and at the end I ended studying engineering because I was good at math and uh, physics and I didn't like theology, for instance, and, and like the, the writing part. So I did engineering. I, I, I grew up in, in Chile. I spent there like 23 years. And when I finished my study, I was thinking, yeah, what what can I do like as a job? So I was talking with my team, uh, with my colleagues and uh, with, with my fellow students. And somehow I, I had a feeling now I, I need to go somewhere else to, to keep like developing this passion for, for automating stuff. So I ended up uh, going to the university in, in the Netherlands. Like that was already like maybe 12 years ago. And there I did uh, a master in, in aerospace engineering. Uh, which was super cool. And we were doing all kinds of, of like super advanced optimizations and trying to save like the last gram uh, you could have uh, from a design. Uh, so there we did a little of coding and optimizations. And then I went to work into the industry. And that was like a big shock for me. So the, the first <laughs> year I was like super happy, learning a lot new. And then I saw like basically that we were doing the same and the same stuff, the same calculations, updating reports. And you can imagine a lot of people hearing this, they, they will recognize the same in their jobs. So a lot of, of engineering is actually quite boring, you know, it's, it's repetitive. You, you get like a, some client wants something, you, you make a design, some people make like a quotation and then, then then they want to change something about it. And then you have to change the design and the reports and they make another quotation and you do that like 10 times or 20 times in a project until yeah. getting to like, like the end result. And I found that quite boring. So that they're like my passion for programming and automation like really started to kick in. And I started like programming, automating processes and 
Yeah, I did that like in, in, in engineering. So I work a lot with big steel structures in the, in the offshore industry. Then uh, yeah, I, I was involved in, in a production company, so a bridge building company. And there I saw like exactly the same. So a lot of repetitive stuff, making the drawings, the calculations, everything. And I started automating stuff there. And then I was like the, the chief uh, technology officer at like another company where they made, were making like some very special kind of, of flanges to renovate uh, drink water uh, pipelines, like the mine pipelines. And the same story, repetitive uh, work to be, to, to be automated. So I started automating there. We start designing machines and, and the software to, to really go from uh, a client saying, I want this flange to doing the design of the flange, the calculations, the calculation reports, the CNC codes, and sending it directly to the machine. Uh, and I end up uh, here in Vector, you know, and, and Vector is, is actually, this is the thing we do, automating processes. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, of like the, the yeah, the story. So I end up in, in Victor and with a lot of people with the same passion go to building stuff. And the thing I do in Victor is, is mostly focus on, on the community. So uh, talking with people, bring people together, sharing experiences and uh, yeah, trying that at the end, everyone in society gets, gets further in, in knowledge and, and we make as a society better designs and, and use our resources and our talent in a better way. Uh, de definitely, it sounds really interesting, especially uh, now that you start like, talking a bit about automation and how do you identify that between multiple industries and, uh, and careers, you find it the same uh, task doing over and over. And I believe that once you identify the repetitive tasks in, our, in, our, in any type of workflow, that's where you have an, uh, an opportunity to actually create some sort or some type of automation so people can actually adjust and start like playing and figure it out. So it's good to hear that architects and engineers are not the only ones that are struggling with this. <laughs> not, Apparently, <definitely> not. <laughs> it's uh, everyone. <laughs> yeah. So, but, it, but I think, um, and I believe that in architecture and engineering, we, we, we are actually changing a lot of the traditional workflows that we used to have uh, not, not quite a long time ago, but uh, just recently, like uh, still some offices, they still uh, keep working on the traditional way for, for saying like between codes. Uh, yeah. And it's, a, and it's uh, a bit difficult actually to understand uh, what is automation and, and for, for the industry of AC. So this comes with a question like, what, how could you explain what is automation in the AC for computational design for, for the job that we are doing uh, daily? Yeah, yeah. So when you talk about automation, it's uh, at the end, what you try to do is that the, that the thing that you always do, so it's not about creating a new process, it's about uh, basically uh, all these, uh, let's call it islands of, of people. So let, let's say you have, one person doing sales, we do a price calculation. And then you have maybe some architect doing like a design. And then you have like a um, uh, civil engineer doing a, like a calculation. And then you have someone doing the drawings. And what you now see is that all those persons, they uh, work together and they communicate via the phone, via mails, uh, sharing Excel sheets, uh, all this kind of stuff. 
Um, and when they try to accomplish like a design, for instance, uh, they iterate. So I change something, I talk with the colleague, I change something again, I talk with the colleague. And when you talk about like really getting to a full like automation of the process, what you want to do is take that process, look from a distance, and um, really connect the information between those islands. So you basically do the same process, but do it automatically. And what you would like to try to achieve is that you as a group of experts are not investing your time in doing these tasks, but are uh, asking basically a computer to do this task for you and that you with your expertise that you have accumulated in all these years, basically take decisions. So you ask the computer to calculate this and you say, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. I want to change this, but don't spend your time doing calculations. Spend your time taking decisions. Nice. And I really like this last part, like taking decisions, which is uh, the crucial thing that we we tend to ex spend a lot of time working. As, uh, and that happened, I think, to almost everyone that's still like uh, being in the industry. You start like doing a, a job, a task. And you realize that uh, you spend, I don't know, maybe a week for like taking a decision in five minutes with the whole group. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it should be the other way around because sometimes when Definitely. you are like, uh, are, are spending a lot of time uh, working and just taking a small time to take the decision, it's because probably you are losing or you are like not looking at all the possible uh, output that you can get from a, from a result which can help you to actually make a better decision uh, at the end of the of the project. And I believe that uh, computers are helping us to do this, uh, automate the task that is so difficult to do over and over. So the computer can think for ourselves or just uh, do the process that we asked to it, just mm -hmm. like you were saying. And, um, and then we can actually spend more time taking a better decision with more uh, criteria, with more data that we can visualize uh, something that is useful to all participants in the project. Because, you know, as architects and engineers, engineers thinking about the structure, architects is thinking about uh, design, um, map engineers are thinking about the pipelines and stuff like that. Uh, so everyone has like their own perspective about the project. But uh, yeah. when doing coordination, when putting everything together, that's when uh, we shouldn't like um, just think or just take a decision from the side of our specialty, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. as, an, as, as a group, we should take the decisions as a whole concept, which is uh, it's difficult without the automation, I believe. Like uh, we, we don't have the time to see it that, that easy and we don't have the whole perspective. Yeah. And I bet if, if you, you, you will see that if you, you invest the time to create these tools, that you uh, will create more time for yourself to really think about the things you're doing and designs. Uh, but it also, uh, you will have uh, what you see in projects, of course, is that a lot of, a lot of uh, things change, um, sometimes last minute. So when you have your process automated, um, you have the flexibility to change. So basically, if something changes at the last minute because the client decides something or because you discover that the, the soil it's different that you thought of any given reason of the budget got decreased. You can basically put some parameters, change some numbers, click on the bottom. The whole design will do for you maybe in a few minutes, in a few hours, and then you're ready. You know, you are totally flexible to change. 
which means at the end, more flexibility to design and also risk reduction. So if something happens, you're ready for that. And at the end, it means that the chance that you end your project on time without any kind of delays, it's much, much higher. So it gives you also a lot of flexibility and safety at the same time. And at the same time, it gives you like this time to really think about it. So it gives you at the end a better solution. So it, it has like multiple benefits. It's not only like saving time. Oh, that's that's actually amazing because people think that automation is something that is stuck, that is uh, in a box sometimes, yeah. uh, that you cannot move and once you build it, uh, it has to go always like step one, step two, step three, and that's it, and that's all your options. But uh, I think when once you get familiar with this, uh, you realize that actually automation is quite flexible, just like you were saying. And yeah. I believe also that if you are familiar with uh, parametric design, generic design, mm -hmm. uh, you know that uh, this this type of technology, for example, in, in the case of parametric design, uh, in my personal experience when I started using it, uh, at the beginning, uh, yes, you feel a bit stuck because uh, you are changing the language how, on how you normally talk with the computer to create a designer. And the first, the first uh, iterations, probably you're just doing as simple uh, exercises and you, you, you may believe that uh, it's quite uh, uh, limited. But once you understand the whole language, you realize that it is actually really flexible on how you can you operate with, uh, with, with parametric design. And this, this is kind of like a, the same case for automation. Once you start like doing automation in activities, you realize that it's not that difficult to actually update and yeah. keep the whole workflow and just add or just do a, a small change. But uh, how will you put this? Like, uh, how will you define parametric design, you know? design and how will you bring it into automation? Yeah, so I think that they're like uh, maybe two components. One is uh, well, free actually process, technology and people. you know people are super important in this this kind of things also as they maybe think they're super technological now people are like a critical factor. Um, so when I think in, in process, uh, and, and we have seen a, a lot of projects. So we have been involved, for instance, in, in projects automating design of, of dike reinforcements from 18-kilometer dikes. We are now uh, involved in, in the project that um, designs the longest submerged tunnel in the world that will connect Denmark with Germany. That is also like automated on, on an app we made. Uh, wind turbine foundations, uh, buildings, tanks, silos. So, so we have seen a lot. And what we, we see in common is basically this is not like a black spot. There is a process to automate. And the, the process consists of a few steps. And it starts uh, with digitalization, which seems very obvious. So if you work on paper, then you cannot automate. So the first stuff you have to do is do everything digital. Uh, the second step will be uh, standardization. So um, let's say. Uh, we'll just give an example, but it, it applies to, to everything. Basically, if you're a, beach, a bridge building company, so you make bridges, um, mm -hmm. standardization means that you the process you use to calculate that bridge and to make that bridge, uh, it is the same process. Even if each time you make a different bridge, it doesn't matter that. It's about the process. So 
most companies have a process they always follow and some people are more aware that you are following always the same process sometimes you have to think about it and say oh, yeah actually i always do the same so i use this excel sheet and then that program and that and yeah it's true all, all bridges are different but i follow the same steps so that is important that you have like a standardized process when you have this process like standardized um, and maybe it's good uh, to think about maybe make some charts, you know, so flow charts say, okay, start there, then goes there, then goes there. If this happened, then did maybe something else, then I do that, you know, then you have to think about integration. So integration is like step three, I will say. So you have, you're aware that you have this process and then you start thinking, okay, but between step one and two, or three or four, I send my colleague a mail or I give them a call or I send this Excel sheet. How can we do this automatically? So is it possible to send information A from of information from software A to B? Or is it possible that people get automatically mail of somehow think about what is possible regarding automating the steps? You, you want to eliminate those uh, 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 like this manual steps. When you, you really uh, integrated that, you can automate it. And with automation, it means like on a global scale. So when you have connected all the dots, basically, you're able to do the whole process automatically. So you basically are saying, okay, I want a bridge that is 20 meters long and this and that, and boom, you do everything. You calculate it, you do the drawings, that. So then you have automation. The next step, you have optimization. So once you are able to calculate it automatically, it doesn't mean you have the best result. You could have a really bad result, a really expensive result, calculated very fast. No? So then you have this part where you start iterating and calculating different solutions to see what is the best solution. And if you have to automate it, you can do it quickly. If you have to do it manually, then you will maybe do one, two, three iterations, and then you say, okay, this is the best I can do, and I don't have time, and that's it, you know? Yeah. Um, after optimization, which is step like five, then you, you get like more uh, on the people side of stuff, I will say. So uh, it's distribution. And with distribution, I mean, let's say you have a tool that does everything you want, but how can I make sure people get this tool? How can I make sure people use the right version of the tool? How can I make sure they work together in this tool. So for example, if you have a Python script, of a Grasshopper script, of an Excel sheet, uh, you may think, okay, I will put it in a folder on my drive. You know, it's a typical thing. You have a drive of the company, an Excel sheet. But maybe one colleague will use that Excel sheet and then you make a new version. And our colleague will use the other version. And then you will have two different versions in the company and there will be like a mistake in the company, not? So having like a good system in which the tools you create are delivered properly to people. That's like distribution and which is super important and people don't think about that. How important, let's say people are more focused on information so it's not that they don't think about it, but when you have the tool, really think about how you will share it with colleagues. And I think the last step is really democratization. And I, when I talk about democratization, I will say, if I have a Python script, or I have a Grasshopper script, then I can share it maybe with you, Samuel. We are, we are, it's also very technical and you know how to use these tools, but maybe I'm not able to share it with my colleague of the sales. I can share it, but he cannot use it. 
uh, or I cannot share it with other people. And then you think about, okay, how can I make a tool that other people that are maybe less technical also can use? And yeah, the answer is there is mostly like a user interface, having a nice user interface where people can just push the buttons between safe boundaries. So there you have the responsibility of creating a tool wherein people can work without messing up, basically, being safe, you know? So I will say that is like the, the, the seven steps you have to really automate the process. So if I summarize, it is digitalization, um, then you have standardization, integration, automatization, optimization, distribution, and democratization. So those will be like the, the seven steps we have seen. It's, uh, quite, it's quite a path, right? Like, uh, yeah. sounds, sounds like it could take a, a long time, but... Uh, I would say that depends on the company and depends on, on how people is willing to change the mindset of work. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, 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 that that's a good message. So it sounds big and I like to encourage people to really think big. So really make a big plan and think, okay, I want to automate everything basically. Yeah. But then start small. So from this whole process, make a small part, a small part, try this out. Try if you can make some steps, then talk with people because at the end you have all these people involved in the process. They also need to use the tools. Talk with these people, see what they find about it and make a little next step. And then get more feedback from people. Feedback of people is so important. Is this, is this tool solving your problem? Is it not solving your problem? Uh, do we need yeah. to change something? And then you take a next step. So I will encourage people to really have a big big picture of what they then achieve and then start very small, 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 small steps and start involving all the people in this process and you, you will get there. And, and that's, that last part is definitely true. I, I had experience where I was working in, in, in different projects where we were in charge of trying to automate activities that we have in this project and, and automate uh, how we input information to the project and stuff like that. But uh, it's really funny how we sometimes people they ask you stuff uh, that are just wondering if it's possible to do something once they realize that you can do something they ask mm -hmm. like oh can we do also do this because they already identify that they have a task that is not uh, uh, that they can actually avoid so it is important to have this communication I, I, I do believe and I totally agree that uh, having communication with people with everyone in the team Will help you to get like the best out, uh, outcome for, for everyone because what you want is that uh, the whole team automate the task, not the whole project is actually automated, not just like uh, your part or what you are in charge of because yeah. uh, it's, there's no point for it. No, uh, the, here the idea I think of automation is helping everyone so everyone has more freedom uh, to keep research doing another activities that uh, help for the whole company and for the whole team. And this this um, this makes me wonder how, how do you see uh, teams being affected in their companies by automation once you uh, once you have like a company coming with, with you and your team and they ask you hey we want to do this and you actually build it how do you see uh, the the after of the automation yeah. in the team yeah look the, the most funny part is. It always starts with, this is not possible. <laughs> so I think it's a very, very like natural 
thing of like technical people is to be super critical with everything. So the, we super often hear now this is not possible. Mm, my designs are always different. Uh, uh, there are too many variables. There's there's many reasons, and then you start talking to those people and and think about the process. And it's what you say, Samuel. Open your mind. You know, open your mind. Think at least for an, one hour. It is possible, and 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 try it. And what what is super nice to see is that the most critical people we had, like as a client, are now the biggest heroes. They love it. <laughs> they love it. They're super happy with the tools. That have been made uh, because exactly that. So, so people say, yeah, now I have much more time to spend and really in the important things that I never have time for. I'm I'm always busy with with the the the, the urgent things. So you have like this eight hour metrics where you have like okay, that, that's like a metrics to plan. I use it personally, and you have like the important stuff, the urgent stuff, and like the not important stuff, and the event. The conclusion of this story is that. It, he said, uh, you're always doing like the urgent stuff, but the urgent stuff are never important, you know? <laughs> so you, you should get rid of this, all this urgent stuff and dedicate your time to the important stuff. And, and we see that people that automate the processes are able to free themselves of this boring part and really invest time in improving the process, getting better designs, talking more with the stakeholders, which we never have time for, you know? You, if you make a dike, you need to talk with the people there, what's happening, uh, everything. So just a big gain uh, in the projects so and the designs they make, they, 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 they have much more uh, savings in materials and they, they make more optimized designs. Um, they're much more flexible. They can offer a better service we see so often. Uh, you have companies that, that advise people, you know? So you go, a client comes and they, they need advice of you, you're the expert. And, and you can help them much better to just talk with them, see the different scenarios to have, analyze those, uh, and offer a really good solution for them so that the quality of the service you provide also improves. So I think you, you get better designs, you're more flexible, you save materials, you can think more about stuff, you can think about improving. So I think, yeah, it's definitely the, the way to go forward, start automating stuff, you know? Yeah, that's that's actually really really cool to to hear because uh, normally when a team automates a task, uh, you realize that you have the time to do this other part of the job that you didn't have time before to do. Uh, mm -hmm. Before it was all about uh, producing and production and working and, and having them creating the product, but after you have automation in a project, it's about how can you actually improve your product. How can yeah. you, you can think about these, uh, these special components that actually add value to the company because there's a big difference between designing or just working designing with, yeah. and after you start thinking, how can I improve my designs? And that's your new, your new task or your new um, yeah. activity that you normally you didn't have the time to do before because yeah. you consume so many hours just uh, putting sheets together or putting in data together or it was yeah. just uh, almost impossible with the traditional tools like uh, even with the with a using i don't know the the best excel file you can add like if you don't have any automation between that and your project like you're definitely gonna have some pain on it uh, yeah which uh, which also like makes me 
uh, well, now that we are talking about automation, uh, I would mm -hmm. like to ask you like a, a little bit about what is Victor exactly? How can people use Victor uh, now that we know that we can automate things in Victor and uh, that you can yeah. take all these advantages about uh, with this tool? So what it is exactly? Yeah. How, how would you define it? Yeah, so, so Victor comes really from the problems you hear, you know, from boring work, automating stuff, a lot of work to be done. And, and we start uh, basically developing tools to create software. So Victor is software that enables like uh, engineers, architects, geotechnical engineers, but basically technical people to create their own software applications on a professional way. Software applications that can be used by other people that don't have like knowledge. And for doing this, you need to know Python. Uh, but it's not Python as someone working on Google will know, or some computer science guy will know. No, it's, it's Python that, for example, if you're an architect, if you're an engineer and you like programming, then you know enough Python to build the apps. So we, we, see, we see ourselves really as an enabler. We enable people to make professional software tools. So we, we make it really easy to make these web applications. So we, we make it possible to make these web applications where people can automate their, their workflow. And we make it easy to integrate with, with different software packages. And we take care about all the like non-engineering stuff to say somehow. So the hosting, the cloud infrastructure, user managing, security. So everything that, that you as a, like, as a domain expert don't want to do. So you, you want to be designing your building. You want to be designing your, your bridge. You know, that's the thing you want to do. So all these kind of things that are around a web application, we do them for them. So we facilitate that. And they use like our tools to make software and they do it for everything. So it will be, uh, it's, it's like a box of digital building blocks. So that's, that's the thing you see. It's a box of digital building blocks that you connect with Python and you can use it to make really simple things. So like the replacement of an Excel sheet, uh, the really complex things like automating the longest submerged tunnel in the world of winter, winter wind foundations of dikes that can be seen everything and it can be along all domains. So we, we have clients doing it like for civil engineering and infrastructure, but also like in maritime engineering, offshore, uh, data science. Uh, some people are doing like advanced price calculations. So for example, if you have a project and you, you want to uh, do like a commercial decision on which uh, uh, it's, is it better to, to build houses or to, to make buildings and how many houses, how big and how big are the departments? You have clients making that kind of tools also in Victor. Okay. Um, so that is it. It's a software platform for engineers and architects. Hi, and and I, I like the, the capacity that this application is actually not um, specifically only on design, but uh, you can adapt it to your needs, right? Uh, yeah. What you are looking for is what you can uh, build. And for what I had the time to, to, to see Victor, which uh, I'm recent with this technology, is actually quite uh, friendly to use. Like, uh, yeah, for people that is familiar with technical stuff, it's kind of like downloading and using a library inside Python with some exactly. uh, with some applications. So it's not something that uh, yeah. would be like a, a 
difficult to start like uh, running and and definitely like any other application and any other library that you know once you actually know the library and the yeah. and how the workflow is supposed to do I'm, I'm pretty sure that you can create it like really like faster and faster and faster right like any yeah. any application you have uh, the learning curve uh, yeah. for the first period and then I I, I, I think like um, I start like understanding why you can automate such a big projects uh, inside the tool and uh, but you can also do it for like things that aren't like super huge but you can start like automating just like you were saying at the beginning like taking yeah. steps on small parts of your of your workflows that you can automate and you realize that you can do I think yeah. definitely it's a good tool so definitely uh, for people uh, and for everyone listening to this episode take a look to this application is is quite something like uh, I'm I'm actually just discovering it and. Uh, I believe that it has a lot of potential. To be honest, like even if I haven't seen the whole, uh, the whole all the projects that you have seen and that you have worked yeah. on them, uh, I'm pretty sure that is it is definitely something. And this this uh, I have another few questions with it. Like uh, how how important like now that you know that you require from the technical side uh, a programming language such as Python, how how important in your opinion is to to nowadays use a programming language or at least have it in your skills set for work. Yeah. yeah. I think that the, the the right answer will be it depends. So it depends on what your ambition is. So do you want to be, for instance, a project manager? Then maybe you should learn other stuff like communication with people and planning, you know? Yeah. If you wanna be on the design part of stuff. Uh, then I think it's super important, really important. Um, what we at least see here, so I talk with a lot of universities, that a lot of uh, technical uh, uh, careers like engineering, architecture, they are learning programming uh, in Python. So there has been like a shift to, towards Python. I myself was uh, like educated with MATLAB uh, at that time. That was already 15 years ago. Uh, but now, like all universities are moving to Python, and it's, it's becoming each time more important. And we also participate with a lot of universities to create programs about uh, parametric design of uh, uh, automatic design of of of, of uh, in civil engineering, for example. Um, so I think it, it's the future, definitely. So it's not a matter of is Python important. So it's more. How long can you be still relevant in the design scene and the optimization scene without knowing how to program, basically? So I think it's more a matter of time. So uh, I think in, in, in 10 years, no one will be asking this, how important is this? <laughs> it will be so obvious that everyone needs to at least have some, some programming knowledge and understand like the basics of it at least to, to, to get better designs. And those will be much more advanced in the future too. So. It's definitely going that way. So but what we see is that, for example, five years ago, um, you had like engineers and architects that liked programming. So they, they liked like doing that on the side and they used it in projects. Now we see that there are like people dedicated to this. So this is really becoming a new profession, making software tools 
for yeah. your colleagues, you know, so the most like tech savvy uh, that like programming more or were more handy with Grasshopper, of Dynamo, of Python. They have people full time doing these tools for other people. Uh, there are like new management roles for this. They call digital leaders, and they're digital leaders, and they have their teams and they're building tools. And and companies are investing in creating these tools. So, so we work, for example, with, with big engineering firms and construction firms. So for example, we have Jacobs as, as a client, Vinci, which is a huge construction company, Arcadis, Mod McDonald, McDermott. So a lot of really big multinational companies are investing in creating their own software tool. And that's the thing we, we're seeing that's changing in time. So before you had the big software houses, Autodesk, Bentley, you name it. And they had like a software system, which was closed. You only could use Autodesk solutions for your thing. You could only use Bentley solutions for your thing. People don't like that anymore. They don't want it. They, they, they want freedom. They want to be able to connect those software packages. And luckily, software vendors are listening to people and they're making APEs that are functioning with Python of C Sharp that enable people to connect those different software packages. And that is like changing. And, and it's not more like the, the computer science guys making these software tools, it's the engineers themselves that make the tools because it's so obvious. You, you are the guys with the knowledge, you know, you know how to build that bridge, how you know how, how the light is affecting that building it's not the it guy you know so i see this happening there's really a trend in which like engineers and software developers it will become one thing and you, you like the future of engineering is it's much more on the software side i see yeah no and and, and i believe that it's also uh, becoming part of the design side as well like yeah uh, i mean i i will say that for the time that I've been around, like playing with uh, architecture and the engineer industry, mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning, I, I uh, when, well, when I was in the in the university, I couldn't see or I couldn't imagine uh, myself programming something because to start about it, like I knew just a little bit about programming, and for me, programming was all about web design. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and. Uh, but then when you start like seeing these applications like being introduced and you start like playing with them, then then you start like realizing that it, there's much more much more about it. Uh, we see well, we have many uh, program languages at the moment, but uh, definitely Python is one of the programming languages that has been growing uh, most in the, yeah. in the recent years. Uh, yeah, and and it's. Once you understand the language and how can you speak with a computer, like, uh, and, well, you can definitely like start like putting stuff together, right? Uh, I myself personally, I like to use it a lot when I'm designing uh, uh, geometries, actually, because it allows me to do like some crazy stuff that uh, without programming, like I will spend just ages doing. <laughs> and then when you program something like um, the computer, just like look like do it really fast for you and. Uh, Things that are way complex uh, or too complex, they become really easy with the computer. Mm -hmm. uh, formulas. Uh, myself, I'm, I'm a big fan personally about like reading about uh, mathematical operations that you can use for geometry, because okay, then yeah, yeah. you can grab those 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 shapes and just put them in the computer, and yeah. you have the results like really fast. 
yeah. and I don't see myself like doing this in a in a in the traditional way. Like it's impossible to to achieve. You're the, ki you're the kind of guys that are making all these crazy buildings with all these uh, geometries, isn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's uh, that's what I like the most. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's always uh sometimes sometimes it's a it's a bit of the other way around. Sometimes uh, clients will be like, "Well, this is too much." <laughs> So uh, it all depends, but uh, no, but definitely it's a, it's it's something that makes your life easier. Uh, mm -hmm. The time that you can spend uh, learning programming, getting used to use technology and, and applications as Victor to automate in the long term, uh, and sometimes just in a, in the brief term, they actually save you a lot of time. Like uh, I myself, I have projects where I struggle a lot. Mm -hmm. Before knowing about any type of automation, that nowadays I'm like, how 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 did I didn't spend more time learning rather than yeah. just doing a project? And there's so much available nowadays. It's really a total different time to, to learn. You know, everything's available on, on YouTube, on Google, on Udemy. There are so many free courses you can take, and they're actually very good courses. So, wow. uh, if you like program Python, and uh, there's these courses and It's a code academy. It's the, the website, and they have these interactive courses where you do like really baby steps, and you see the results, and it's it's a very interactive way of, of learning. So you can do it for free, and if you can afford it, you, you can pay the courses for Python free. They're both good, and uh, you just go for it. You just each uh, each night, do <laughs> yeah. one one section, and step to step step, you you will get there, and it's quite fun if you if you like like creative work and and puzzling and solving like that kind of, of, of problems, then yeah, this is something definitely for you. And I think some people might think programming is very like rigid and mathematical and that, and it's the opposite. It's, it's very creative. It's very puzzling solving and it's playing around till, until it works, you know? Uh, so it's, it's quite fun. I, I will recommend it. Yeah. No, I totally, totally agree with that. And to, to start ending the episode, um, And then, what, what? How do you see the future for Victor? Like, uh, we know it's a really uh, powerful tool that allows you to automate and simplify your life. So, yeah. uh, what is the what is the vision for this application in your personal experience? Yeah. So, um, like a few, like a month ago, uh, we got an investment of five million uh, euros. Um, which we're super happy about because it enables us to, to, to grow the, the way we want. Um, yeah, we nice. that, yeah, we noticed <laughs> that in the two last years, we were mostly working in the Netherlands and now that it's, it's really going international. So we have clients all around the world, big companies, and we, we have been working on, on like some pillars. So, and we will keep working on those pillars. So the future will be basically, uh, keep improving those things. And one of those things is user-friendliness. So we want to make it more accessible for people maybe with not that much Python experience to, to create apps. And there we have improved a lot. Um, we want to keep improving the apps we would make so that when you make an app, someone uh, finds it really intuitive and easy to use. So user-friendly for the end user is very important for us. Um, and um, We also developed uh, a free version of the product. So we, we really believe in like 
in our mission. So our mission is unlocking the world's engineering potential. And we, we re really believe that the way of doing that is uh, sharing knowledge. So sharing knowledge is like reading the heart of what we do. And that's why we have created like a free version of the product, which you, you can uh, just start immediately. So if you go to our website, which is bue.victor.ie, and Victor is with a K of Kilo, um, you can download this free version. And what I think will happen in the future, this is the beginning of stuff, is that we will become like a really big platform for all the people that are interested in automating stuff, sharing engineering knowledge, and we want to facilitate that for people that use Victor and for people that don't use Victor. For us, it's more important that people share this knowledge and that we advance as, as a society. So I think we, we want to play there a central role and the future will, will be towards that so that, that the whole world cooperates, great tools. And some people may think, yeah, I will not share my knowledge. Uh, but if you think twice about it, maybe maybe you will think different. So we have some examples here in the Netherlands where uh, we, we have uh, the digital engineering community, which is a group of the eight biggest contractors of the Netherlands, really the biggest, and they make digital tools together and they are competitors. But <laughs> still, still they... Right. Collaborate. <laughs> they collaborate. And the reason for that is, I think that the reason for that is because what makes you re really unique is maybe that last 10% or maybe 5% of what you do. And 95% is the same that everyone else can do, basically, no? Uh, yeah. Like in the construction business. So for the 95%, it's much smarter to, to join forces and to create really strong and powerful tools that will help the whole country of the of everyone basically and okay keep that five percent for you we understand you know <laughs> you need to be unique yeah. but there's a lot of room for co collaboration for sharing tools and we, we want to facilitate that so we, we see like a future of of digitalization and collaboration between like the, the technical industry no this this is actually uh really nice especially the the last part where Definitely, technology should encourage people to collaborate, not to not the other way around. To stop, um, uh, yeah, to stop collaborating and getting all the product for yourself. Uh, yeah. I, I see also that uh, if you go to Victor, you will, you will find that you have an open source code, which means yeah. that uh, you can definitely take a look to the source code and start, start like getting familiar with the operations and yeah. uh, get well in GitHub. And if if you're yeah. well, you're a technical person, probably you know what's GitHub. Yeah. Uh, if, if not, like uh, that, this is this is a place where most coding people actually, when they want to share the codes, that this is where they, you can put it out and people can go and check it out and what's going on with the, with your code. Um, so definitely a tool that is uh, changing the vision and the workflow of the industry, which is something that we are passionate about. Uh, we believe that this this type of technology is definitely the future for the industry, the future for designers, and the future for uh, everyone that wants to get involved with designing and automation. For because this is this is the new way, definitely. I I I, I see more the, nowadays more companies asking for how can we make this easier, how can we do it faster, how can we do it better. 
etc yeah. etc and i think these tools are the the tools and the technology that can help you to to adapt to the to the needs and requirements of the companies so yeah. thanks for being with us and uh, something else that you want to share with the audience before we end the episode today now yes i'm super happy to be here and uh, maybe i i can have like a little call to to anyone that that wants to try it just go to the website try the product there's a community forum. There are examples that are open source you can download. And anyone of a university, of a company of, that wants to talk about it, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can contact us through the web page. And if you want to collaborate in some way, uh, just, just talk with us. We're super open to, to do all kinds of stuff. Uh, so yeah, if you think this may be for you, well, give us a call and we will have a chat. Perfect. So I will leave the the links for Victor uh, and under LinkedIn also in the in the comment below the below the podcast. So thanks for being with us with another episode of Abyss, and uh, we'll come back with more episodes with more technology and more conversations, so you can get more familiar with all the type of technology that you can get out there. So thanks again. Okay, bye. So thanks. Bye bye. Bye.